So we've been spending the summer in the Psalms, and hopefully you've gotten a lot of exposure to them through the daily scriptures and also through the several months we've kind of been walking through them. Um, And the Psalms are an honest look at the human heart because a lot of them describe the essence of what the psalmists are going through, their thoughts and emotions as they're kind of riding through them. And what I chose to teach on this morning is not one of my favorite psalms, and it's not one that I've really studied or go back to. In fact, as I was flipping through my study Bible, it was one that was not even marred up in my Bible. I hadn't ever underlined it. It never really jumped out to me until I was preparing to teach, and it grabbed me because it's something that I'm going through right now also. I'm going to be sharing this morning from Psalm 77, um, and I want to give you permission to speak in disappointment, is what this psalm is about. What I want to convey to you this morning, um, I want to give you permission to speak as you're going through hard times and in seasons of disappointment. Now, I'm going to lay a foundation for this uh, feeling because we all experience it at some point in our lives, and chances are we've experienced this multiple times throughout our lives. Um, I believe this particular psalms gives a great pattern to draw from in hard times to protect ourselves from letting disappointment morph into something else like resentment or bitterness. So while preparing this morning, I wanted to see what are the natural things people are disappointed about, so I Googled it. I Googled the top 10 disappointments, and what I got, what my search result was, was a really trivial list of things, like the top 10 disappointing movies of all times, the top 10 disappointments in sports, the top 10 disappointing technologies of 2013. And then I also saw one about the massive top 10 massive disappointments in football. And I almost clicked on it because the title was so intriguing. But alas, I don't really care about football. So I was disappointed in this list of top 10 things to be disappointed about. Because this isn't what I'm talking about here. Sometimes, in a place deep down inside, there's a spot where profound disappointment can reside. It can live in this place, and if given the right circumstances, it can morph into something else like discouragement, resentment, and bitterness. There's times in life when disappointment seems to abound, but if we can learn the skills to address these things and get a godly perspective when going through hard times and times of disappointment, then we allow room for God to move into our lives and bring healing. <clears throat> it's like God, giving God the permission to come in and break through that discouragement and give our focus and perspective, give us focus and perspective. And I believe Psalm 77 can help us with these skills because this psalm is also a story of disappointment. It's an intimate conversation between Asipha and God. Now, he was a contemporary of King David, and while we don't know much about him, we do know that he was assigned by King David as a worship leader in the tabernacle, and he was also a skilled author, poet, and he was also a prophet. But through his writing, we get a record of this intimate conversation between him and God. And while we don't know the particulars of what he was going through, we can understand and gain expression of what he felt inside and the questions and things he asked. And I'm going to read this to you. And as I do, I'm just going to invite you to close your eyes and listen. We're in a theater. It's dark. No one can see you. So go ahead and close your eyes. Notice the words. Notice the emotion. And notice the questions he asks. It says, I cried out to God for help. 
I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands and I would not be comforted. I remember you, God, and I groaned. I meditated and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my song in the night. My heart meditated and my spirit asked, Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his face again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all times? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? And then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I'll remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works, and I will meditate on your mighty deeds. Your ways, O God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the people. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. Now, as I was spent time meditating on the Psalms, I noticed how it was broken into three parts, and I saw a pattern emerged. First, the psalmist describes his disappointment, and we get the sense that he is stuck and in a holding pattern and miserable, and he's wallowing, he's refusing to be comforted, he was too troubled to speak, and his spirit grew faint. Next, these emotions form into questions, the kind that probe the very core of belief systems. Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his promises failed? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has anyone ever been in this spot before? Are you in this spot this morning? I believe as the psalmist asks these questions, then he also honestly has to answer them within himself. Will the Lord reject forever? No. Will he never show his favor again? If he showed it once, he'll show it again. Has his promises failed for all time? Of course not, because God's promises do not fail. Has God forgotten to be merciful? No, God is merciful and gracious all the time. But because the psalmist is honest and honestly answers these questions in his heart, he gives himself permission to be honest with God, not hiding these feelings of disappointment, because in this is also permission for God's healing work to begin in his life. It's giving God the go-ahead to move instead of holding him back at arm's length, away from him. The psalm ends with the psalmist remembering the mighty works of God. It says, your ways, O God, are holy, and what God is as great as our God. It's the complete opposite of how we began. God is able to give perspective so that while it doesn't always change the circumstances while going through it, it can make room for comfort during it. And when struggling with disappointment, comfort is needed. So I'm also going through a situation where I'm so disappointed at what's happening. It involves my sister, and we are close, and she's my best friend. And we've been walking on this journey together for six years. So it's very personal for me. This past May, she graduated from Hawkeye's Dental Clinic as a dental hygiene. 
hygienist. <laughs> the journey to get here was very long. She's a non-traditional student. She has a daughter, so she was never able to finish college as a 20-something-year-old. And so she began this journey of walking towards graduating this program. And the first obstacle she faced was finishing her associate's degree so that she could actually get accepted to the program. So after she did that, it took a couple years, she got waitlisted because this this program is so popular. So she had to sit out a whole entire year waiting for her chance and a spot to get into this program. When she finally got in it, then she worked so hard for two years, studied all the time. It was such an intense program that she had to study and keep up just so she could make it through the program where several of her classmates she started with never got past the first semester. Those years of schooling culminated with three board's exams, two written and one practical. She breezed through the written exams because she's a good student, knows what she's doing, and worked really hard. Then came the last event, or the last exam, the practical one where she had to demonstrate the skill that she's acquired over the past two years. And they worked for three semesters to identify some patients to take to the exam to work on. And these patients had to fit certain requirements. They were very difficult to find. They had certain things that they had to meet, and it was kind of like a puzzle piece. They worked for three semesters to find these people, and then her instructor signed off on them. The morning of the test, a week before graduation, my sister anxious and ready to get it over with. The morning came, she submitted her patients, and within the first hour, her patients got rejected by the board examiners. She got dismissed from the test without even having a chance to display her skill. It was devastating. It meant that this entire six-year journey was going to take a little longer. She would graduate, but she wouldn't have a license, and so she couldn't work until she got that. And the next available test was two months away in Minneapolis and very, very expensive. The circumstances seemed insurmountable, and they continually stacked against her. Have you ever felt like this? Do you know what it feels like when they seem like you're never going to get past them? Disappointment is the natural reaction to something like this. All of her hope was placed in passing this test, getting her license, and getting a job in a field she loved and was passionate about and good at. She was so disappointed. We all were. My heart broke for her. This disappointment had the potential of keeping her in a holding pattern. But the truth is, is she had to start right away looking for other patients, making arrangements to retake the test. In other words, she had to face this disappointment head on and move past it. Here's the danger in unaddressed disappointment. It's the first step in a progression. It's taken me a long time to recognize this. It might start off small, but if given time and attention, disappointment can turn to discouragement, which turns into resentment, which can end up in bitterness. Some of you may be somewhere along this journey this morning. You might identify with one of these feelings as I talk about them. Over the years, bitterness can become like a callus on the heart that makes it hard and impenetrable. If you're here with unaddressed disappointment this morning, this is where Psalm 77 can help. We can use the same process that the psalmist walked through to gain a larger perspective in the midst of suffering. 
And through this exercise, hopefully we can turn those inward thoughts outward to where God can move in and start working and bringing healing to our hearts because we'll give him permission to do it. When struggling with disappointment, the first thing to do is to admit your disappointment to God. It's okay to admit what you're feeling. He knows us. He knows our thoughts even before we think them. In fact, Carla was here last week talking about this exact same thing. God knows us intimately, inside and out. And if he already knows our thoughts before we think them, then doesn't that give us permission to speak them out loud? This is what Asifah did. He started asking questions. Ridiculous questions, really. But so human questions. Because of circumstances, he starts questioning God's favor and faithfulness. It's what he's thinking. It's why he's refusing to be comforted. But once those thoughts were out in the open, he had no excuse but to answer them truthfully, which moved into a place where he started remembering all the things in all the areas where God had been faithful to him, and his attitude changed. In the end, he was praising God for the miracles he performed, and he was meditating on the mighty deeds, his mighty deeds, and it was a complete 180 from where the psalmist started. In the case with my sister, her story does not stop here. She was able to move past this initial disappointment, apply for the test after she found that specific patient that fit the puzzle piece, and she was able to retake it a few weeks ago. But she didn't pass. She failed by a few points. And once again, she's unable to work. She doesn't have her license, and she's stuck in a holding pattern. It is devastating. It is beyond disappointing that after going through so much for so long, with so much determination and resolve, to once again be in this place of an unfulfilled desire. It's hard to understand, and we're left asking, why? How did this happen? God, where were you in this situation? And what good could possibly come from this? You see, these questions are the questions that we ask when going through hard times. Why? How? Where are you? I don't understand. But these feelings are a roadblock to moving forward. Because if we dwell here, letting them fester on the inside, then we'll be like the psalmist who was too faint to speak and whose spirit grew weary. There is danger of keeping these thoughts on the inside. It's only when we bring them out and into the opening that God can move in and heal us. In your bulletin this morning, I've given you space to do this. It's time to admit those secret disappointments, and maybe you need to take this home and do that. It's between you and God. It's personal, and you don't have to share this with anyone. But I encourage you to quickly list those things that you're disappointed in. Don't spend much time thinking about them because chances are you already know what they are. Just jot them out, get them out. What are you disappointed about? Where has disappointment led to discouragement, resentment, or bitterness? And why should you let this go? List these reasons as well because chances are it will give you the incentive to work through this even though it's going to be hard. Now, once this is done, you've given yourself a reason to move forward. And perhaps this is the hardest step in the process. But it's a necessary starting point because it enables you to start moving through the process. When struggling with disappointment, the first thing to do is admit that disappointment to God. 
the next thing to do is to remember God's faithfulness. And this is exactly what the psalmist did. He starts listing the things he's witnessed in life concerning God's faithfulness. Now, why this is beneficial to you is because this is where our focus shifts from self to God. And as I read this portion of the Psalms, it was like a crescendo that started off small and grew large and loud as the psalmist starts recounting these mighty things. And I imagine as he starts writing these things, these images of where God has been faithful to him start flooding his heart and he knows exactly what to to shout. Six verses earlier, he's meditating on the problem and his spirit is faint and he's depressed And then he switches and recounts where God has been faithful to him, and he starts praising God in the midst of the situation. Once you stack these areas where God has been faithful to you against the feelings of disappointment, then those things seem rather small in comparison. Remembering God's faithfulness is a crucial step in dissolving feelings of disappointment. It's your turn. In your bulletin, I've given you five spots where you can list where God has been faithful to you. The first one might take a while, it might be hard, but then as you start to recognize it, it should be easy. You should think of a whole bunch of things, and this is beneficial for you. Now let me tell you how God has been faithful in the situation with my sister. God brought her five different potential patients. She spent three semesters looking for that special patient to fit that puzzle piece, and since then, he has brought her five Patience. He has amazed us with how faithfully he has brought willing people to her. God sent her enough people to give her money to retake the test. Over $1,600. He's been faithful in the financial aspect of it. And I've seen her operate in supernatural faith and peace in the midst of this horrible situation the entire time. And God has been faithful in showing us how the body of Christ works because the beautiful thing is, is people who don't even know her have come alongside her to encourage her and bless her and support her during this devastating time. It has been beautiful to witness how God has been so faithful in sending his people to bless her. And I don't believe his faithfulness is done in this situation. I believe he will continue to prove himself faithful once again as we prepare for the next round in a couple months. And in the midst of this, it's important to remember God's faithfulness because it helps counter those feelings of disappointment and it gives us hope. Amazingly, recounting God's faithfulness has been a great catalyst for change because it opens the door for God to... impart perspective and soften our hearts to be able to receive it so once the hard work of all of this is done it's time to reap the reward when struggling with disappointment the first thing to do is admit that disappointment to god the next thing to do is to remember god's faithfulness and the last thing to do is to invite god to give you perspective in the situation In the case with my sister, she has found herself questioning if this is the right career for her, if she should even attempt another round. She's tempted to give up and not try again. She's been in the flux of mourning this past six years because at this point in her journey, it seems like the dream is gone, which is why in these situations, you must invite God to give you perspective. It's like the old adage, it's impossible to see the forest through the trees, Circumstances can rob you of moving forward because they block the view to the finish line. But God has a bird's eye view. He can and will help you through it. Ask him for his, his perspective in the situation. Invite him in to bring it. 
and it will give you the endurance to move forward until you find resolvement. Sometimes we're in a period of waiting, and it's long and it's hard. And the end is not in sight, but having a godly perspective will keep our focus on God, and it will protect us from letting disappointment fester into discouragement, resentment, or worse yet, bitterness. As you pray about this, ask God if there's anything you need to do in the midst of it. Ask him to give you endurance while you wait. Ask him to help you understand how to move forward and then listen. Listen for what he says. In the case with my sister, she needs to save money. She needs to reapply for the test. She needs to make arrangements to go through it again. But mostly, she needs to protect her heart from letting discouragement rob her of seeing that come to pass. The truth is, is God has been faithfully with her the entire journey. And this is the perspective she needs right now so she will not give up. God is faithful. He will help see it through to completion. And this victory will be ever so sweet because of how he has worked in the midst of the situation. In closing, we can gain wisdom from Asifa. He didn't let disappointment take root, although it had the potential to develop into discouragement, resentment, and bitterness. He addressed it by remembering God's faithfulness, which encouraged him and gave him hope. God has a better way. He has a better way for me, and he has a better way for you. Remember, recounting his faithfulness will help you recognize that he will be faithful again. He will see you through the dark days, and this is where hope lives. We started this morning by identifying those areas where disappointment exists in our life. Then hopefully, you wrote down a reason to let it go. Identify the starting point of how to move past it, and then ask God for his help. He will be there, and he will help you. That's the starting place. What is the one thing that you need to do? If you're in a place where disappointment has robbed you and kept you in a holding pattern, identify the one thing to start with and ask God for the strength to do it. He'll be there to help you. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you're in the midst of circumstances. I thank you that when it feels like we're in the ocean sinking and the waves are crashing in and we're overwhelmed and unable to move, that you're there walking on top of the water. When we look at those circumstances, it's that is when we sink. But God, when we look at you, that's when we walk on water. Thank you for how you're faithful. Thank you for how when we can remember your faithfulness, it opens our hearts to be able to see you moving in and through the circumstances. God, whatever circumstance we face right now in this moment, I just pray that your spirit floods these people Give them the perspective. Show them that you love them. Minister to them that you have a good plan for them, a plan that will prosper them. Give them hope. In Jesus' name, amen.